episode five of Almost Every Month podcast. This month, the podcast is about true fans. And a question I've been asking myself as a Hobonichi fan is, who are the true planners and fans of Hobonichi? Is there a type? Am I a part of the community and subculture, even if I'm not creating perfect spreads or solving all of my life's plans with one little paper book? Well, I want to introduce my guest early today. Hopefully, she'll be able to help me come up with a solution to that question. And her name is Margot Porras, a fellow podcaster as well as a fellow Hobonichi fan. Margot is a writer and a designer. She's contributed to numerous media outlets, including San Diego Magazine, Mommyverse, and She Knows. Her book is called Growing Up in La Colonia. Margot and her work have been featured in many print publications, including Women's Day, Latina, and New York Times. She's also a longtime co-host of the culture podcast, Book Versus Movie. Margot resides with her family in her native San Diego, where she enjoys working for the labor movement, reading to her kids, and writing about herself in the third person. She is in her third year of using the Hobonichi Weeks Planner for everything. Welcome, Margot. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to hear your bio there. It's like a very diverse and exciting bio, and I can see why you would need a planner. <laughs> Indeed, yes. I know. Sometimes I wonder if uh, if it's, I was, I think I said to you earlier that um, I've been using a, a paper planner, and actually I've been using Japanese planners since I was a, a kid. Um, and so I wonder, like, is, is my life like this because I have a planner, or do I have a planner because my life is like this? It's hard to say. <laughs> Oh, I never thought of it from that angle. Are you saying that the planner could be kind of generating more chaos in our life because we feel like we can accomplish more? And so we add more? I think I might be guilty of that sometimes. Yes. Ah. I think sometimes I look at my planner and I think I have it more together than I actually do. Uh, Yes, this is a, I, I believe it that because I, I have a problem with time. I think I can pack more in time wise than I really can or and also just, I think my age and also I feel like the pandemic has kind of like slowed us all down a little bit and like what we used to be able to tolerate in a day, we can't anymore. I mean, I feel like just two years of not having stuff going on, like lowered my tolerance level for how much I can accomplish in one day. Do you feel that way? I think that's true. I, I think a lot of us got, you know, when you, when you have to screech to a halt like this, um, it does make you you know, maybe that wasn't the healthiest way that we were, that we were living before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now those blank spots in our planners can stress us out a little bit. I believe that's possible. Yeah. Well, let's, let's pivot to the question of fans. I think fans are, it's a pretty big bunch of people, the Hobonichi fans from what I've observed online, and maybe you can j- chime into is their content creators, their um, moms trying to get themselves organized. They're like Bible studying Christians, they're artists exploring ideas, they're students, they're sometimes they're young professionals who have a lot of lot of like different meetings and things. Is that the typical user for you? I find that, but I also see a lot of people in the sciences, like architects and, mm-hmm. you know, other kinds of science. I'm not a sciencey kind of a person, but I do know, I, uh, I would think I mentioned before I was an interior designer for a long time. So I'm architect adjacent. Um, and so, yeah, I do know architects who really gravitate towards the Hobonichi, um, lifestyle, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and that's kind of the really cool, it's such a fascinating, I'm just endlessly fascinated. I get the same planner every year Mm -hmm. and yet it seems to never, I never get tired of it. And I get tired of things very easily. It's why I don't have tattoos 
Cause I know like within two weeks, I'd be so upset that I did that, but um, oh I've not God. yet. I've never gotten sick. It's probably the only planner, the Hobonichi week specifically that I I've not gotten sick of because it's, it's like it's somehow it's as structured as you want it to be and as unstructured as you want it to be. Yeah. You can be watercoloring and stickering and I'm not a stickery person so much, but, um, but if I were, I would, could go to town with this thing. Or if you're a super rigid, you mm-hmm. know, need to keep track of micrograms and, uh, you know, millimeters and <laughs> you could do that too. That's great. I, I so agree with you. And on the tattoo thing, I feel the same exact way. So that's so funny, but yeah, every guest that I've had so far has said something very similar to that. It's an, it's enough of a structure to make you feel secure enough to make the leap into doing things, but it's not so much structure that you feel trapped by having to answer the same questions or having to put out the same information every single time. So yeah, that's perfect. I want to talk a little bit about what a fan is, um, like just the whole concept of a fan, because I think on some level, everyone knows that a fan is just someone, you know, somebody who likes something. There's a lot of sports fans and music fans and stuff, but the word fan is short for, uh, the word fanatic, which I guess I never really consciously thought about. And, you know, it's not always a positive connotation, the word fanatic. It means belonging to the temple or a temple servant or a devotee. And in the 17th century, calling someone a fanatic was a way of implying that they were possessed by a demon. So that I think is why to this day, we still have a little bit of a negative connotation with fandom in general, because I think, and it, maybe you disagree, but I think a lot of times fans are portrayed as obsessive or single-minded or not very diverse in their interests or having such deep knowledge in one area that they're not a well-rounded person. Have you felt that way before about fan? In terms people? of like Hobonichi, I, I have to say I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I prefer I prefer the term enthusiast, which to <laughs> me has a much more positive connotation and I had certainly, cause I, I'm also a very, I'm super into YouTube. I love YouTube and I love, I will watch, I will watch anybody. I don't care if they have three subscribers. I will watch <laughs> your Hobonichi YouTube video, whatever you want to talk about Hobonichi. I am there. Even if it's not, even if it's like the A6. Oh, even if it's the but A6. I, <laughs> even if it's the A6, which I don't use anymore. I, I That okay. was my first one was the A6. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But sometimes I have to admit, sometimes I'll like somebody will be flipping through and I'll think that is so much work that you're, you know, you're doing this. I like how they're, how mm-hmm. they're not that they're doing it wrong. Like they're clearly enjoying what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But to me, it sort of seems like what they're doing is not like, it's so much that it's not sustainable. Like yeah. you're getting all the sticker kits and you have to like, keep track of the weather and your mood and your appointments and mm-hmm. your, I don't know how many chin-ups you did that day. And, 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 mm-hmm. um, and also record keep and also memory keep. <laughs> you know? and, so, yes. and so sometimes, but you know what, some people are just like that. Um, but to me watching it, I think, oh, what I think is what I would think about it. if it was me trying to keep that up, I would think, oh, I could never possibly maybe for like five days out of a month, I could maybe manage this level of record keeping, mm-hmm. but, um, it's, it's really that it's, and, and I think when we think about fans, in a negative sense, that's, that's part of what it is, is that we're projecting our, our own selves into that person's fandom and thinking like, 
I would never devote that amount of my time to Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is that you're a fanatic about. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to separate that when it's something that you're also enthusiastic about, like a Hobonichi. Yeah, I think you have some really good points there. And I have tried to keep up with all those trackers and, and doing like the weather and the mood trackers and, you know, the meal plans and also write down what happened that day and also plan for the next week. And I do find that we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect in that way. And I think that that's something that people don't discuss very much in the planner community, um, especially because, you know, a lot of people who are audience facing are trying to kind of like increase their followers by having like the perfect spread or whatever. I feel like nobody talks about how in the planner world, there's so much perfection in, in these beautiful pieces of art that people put out that you can feel kind of lame about, you know, not having a fancy spread <laughs> and not having checked off all your to-dos and all your crackers yeah. that week, you know? I think that's really true. And um, I don't, I don't personally experience that. Um, I, I more go like, oh, wow. Like they, I love the what great handwriting he yes. has or, you know, <laughs> Inspirational. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She can really write in cursive or, you know, when people do like the little drawings and things like, I'm never going to do that. So right. I don't, I personally don't get like FOMO or like, I'm not keeping up with them, but I can completely see how someone mm-hmm. who maybe was just starting out, you know, maybe really needs a planner and is looking for ideas to get started, how that can be a little bit tricky and treacherous and intimidating. Yeah. And I think one of the key things to remember if you're a new user, even if you're just reconsidering, because um, I think that's what you have to do from time to time is ask yourself if it's working for you and what, what might need to be tweaked and you can kind of change and cut things out and add new ideas. And, you know, um, I think one time I had a planner go from a fitness planner to a project planner to a just straight up journal in one year because I realized that I couldn't focus exclusively in one planner on that thing. So I kind of just turned it into what it needed to be. And that's okay. It's time to take a break from our interview to hear from Mike Quest, the whiskered scribe, about his take on being a newbie to the fountain pen world and how to become a fountain pen fan and figuring out a good way to start. Did you know that the Hobonichi has one of the best types of paper for fountain pen use? Today, I'm going to do a quick primer about getting started in the wonderful world of fountain pens. If you're looking at just getting started, the Platinum Preppy is a great place to start. They can usually be bought online at a price ranging from $5 to $7 each. All you need to do is pop in the ink cartridge Wait a few moments for the ink to start to flow towards the nib, and you're ready to start writing. The Preppy has a well-sealed cap that helps prevent ink from drying out. These do have the look and feel of a disposable pen, and that is their big downfall. Up next, we come to the Pilot Metropolitan. These, on average, cost from $18 to $25 and can usually be found in fine and medium-sized nibs. The Pilot Metropolitan has a metal body and a painted coating. It comes with a cartridge of ink and a squeeze converter. I find the squeeze converters do not hold all that much ink. I also find this pen pen seems to dry out much faster than every other pen that I own. Up next is the Lamy Safari, a distinctive and stylish pen. It is generally priced just under $30 but a proprietary converter 
needs to be purchased separately. It is a shame that they cannot include the converter with this pin. But the Lamy Safaris come in a wide variety of colors, and every year, limited edition colors are released. My favorite pin is the yellow pin. It is a nice shade of rubber duck yellow. My personal favorite is the Twisby Eco. It does not take a cartridge. Instead, you have a piston filling system that allows you to fill directly into the pin. The piston filling system allows the pin to hold a lot of ink. You will not have any ink anxiety of running out with this one. The cost of the Twisby Eco is usually around $32.99. It is a great value for the money with its large ink capacity. Twisby fountain pens can be found in a wide variety of colors with regular releases and special edition colors. I love the large ink capacity and the value that these pens offer and the fact that these pens never seem to dry out on me. I'm a huge fan of the Twisby lineup of pens and have massed a good collection of them all. The Platinum Preppy, Lamy Safari, Pilot Metropolitan, and Twisby Eco are all the pens that have been traditionally mentioned as the best starter pens for people looking to enter into the hobby. A brand new contender to this market is the Twisby Swipe. It ships with three different feeling systems and at $26.99, this may be one of the most exciting products in years. You do not need to break the bank to enter the world of fountain pens. Find one you like and give them a try. One of the things I wanted to say about fans is that I did a little bit of digging and research on fans and I found that there are a lot of positive things associated with being a fan of something, you know, not just of Hobonichi, but there is some early research. I found this on Wikipedia fan site. Some early researchers attempted to counter prevalent negative views of fans. Another thread is the effect of the emergence of the internet which I think is true. That's probably increased fandom in general. Jenkins and other first wave researchers characterize fans as resistant or subversive consumers, considering fandoms to represent a democratic and socially progressive response to the media industry. These early studies have since been characterized as utopian by Matt Hills, Gray, Sandoval, and Harrington and others. For example, denoted first wave studies that fandom is beautiful era. So I think that's a really interesting idea that there's like a subversive element. And I've thought about that before and I think I even touched on it a little bit in my episode about the cottage industry. Did you hear that episode? I did. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, buying stickers from somebody who's making them in their house while they're putting themselves through college with that, you know, I mean, that that's subversive instead of just going to Target and buying stickers off the shelf or whatever. You know what I mean? Those are cool. That's a cool way to use your consumerist power to be supportive of a, a subculture, I think. And also to um, to use that, you know, piggybacking on top of that, you know, using your, you know, if you're in, if you're willing to go out and find independent um, artists and makers of supplies for this hobby, it also, you know, you're also engaging in kind of a cultural, not a cultural, I'm sorry, a creative um, conversation with that maker and it can mm -hmm. help spur your own uh, creativity or you know help you solve problems or get ideas was it wasn't it you yesterday who said that you uh, sometimes use your planner to 
um, do things that you don't really necessarily look forward to that much. And that having the planner kind of helps you enjoy doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. That kind (laughs) of ties into that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the whole reason I think I probably use the Hobonichi uh, at all. And yeah. we know that we get, and I think that's probably true for a lot of us who are fans. And I do consider myself a fan of, of the whole Hobonichi system that um, I think that's why we all get so excited when the new, you know, the new line in September, we all are like, I live in, I live on the West coast and I have to confess, I'm the one like waiting until it's midnight, uh-huh. waiting, you know, checking the time difference and like, when is this thing going to drop and when can I finally order it? And I've already decided which ones I want to get. And oh, um, yeah. I think I mentioned last time that I've, this is the first time I've ever, ever gotten the Liberty one, yeah. which I, I always like, no matter how early I try to buy it, it's always sold out and I can never get the Liberty one. And, you know, unless I want to pay a hundred dollars for it on eBay or something. And, and this year I was so excited. I finally got it. I had no reason to use it because I already, you know, I already knew what my daily weekly, yeah. my daily weeks was going to be. So I had to like decide on something that was going <laughs> to use the Liberty. Like I had no, I did, there was no reason for me to buy that planner. None, but, but I'm, I'm still enjoying it. It's, it's sitting right over there. And, and I just, you know, I jot down sort of, I keep track of things that I've done to take care of myself. Like That's beautiful. They might be getting enough, getting enough water or checking in with a friend or whatever I think of just so as a way of encouraging me to do those things more. And, and that that's your- just what that's, that's all I use that for. That's like your self-care journal and buying it was mm-hmm. probably an act of self-care too. So that's pretty cool. You mentioned something in your initial answer, which I think still also ties in with the science that I found out, the research done on fandom. There's an article by Inverse um, called Science Explains Why Being a Fan is Good for You. And their number one uh, list is fans have a sense of belonging. And I think that that, that you know, you have a chance when you're buying um a leather cover to like share it with your five friends online who care about that because your your partner's not going to care about that and your kids aren't going to care about that. You know, it's only the other fans who are going to care about that. And so you get that sense of like, I'm part of this little group that's obsessed with this thing. And I think that that's very interesting, especially because it's such a small group in the US of people or in, in the English speaking world um, that you maybe do feel a little bit more like you belong. And that, you know, in this day and age, is a rare thing for a lot of people. And particularly over these last two years that we've all been so disconnected from each other. And I also find it fascinating because I do so slightly obsessively follow people's, you know, anybody who's posting Hobnichi on Instagram, I'm probably <laughs> following them. Me too. Um, and like I said, anybody's YouTube video, I am, I'm, I just love it. And, um, and I do think that there's something in addition to what you just described, to the fact that so many of us who are fans of Hobonichi all over the world are not Japanese. Mm -hmm. And we are just such big fans of this product that was not really designed for us, you know, Mm -hmm. not really designed for our way, you know, the way that we organize our day typically, Mm -hmm. or the way that we've been, um, especially, I mean, I was talking about the United States right now, but the way that, you know, like you're taught in school, what your day is supposed to look like mm-hmm. work from nine to five and it, you have lunch at such and such a time. And this is the holiday that we celebrate. And there is something subversive about 
using a completely different, a Monday start, you know, to plan your whole life. Yeah. Um, there's something a little, there's something a little, um, dare I say punk rock. Yeah, I, I totally, um, yeah. I've never thought of that before, but you're so right. It's just a little bit, I almost want to say like neurodivergent. I'm not encouraging us to do this, but it's like if all American Hobonichi fans just decided to adapt the metric system right? Exactly. <laughs> and would only insist on engaging in, in the world in the metric system. <laughs> and, you know, an interesting thought about that is I haven't been able to bring myself to buy the uh, English version of the Hobonichi. I don't think many people do in the English speaking world. I did when I started out. I had the English one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Um, yeah, I did. I liked it. I liked it just fine. Um, I, I prefer the Japanese. I do. I find it more fun. It's, yeah. you know, it's especially I love the weeks. I just love the weeks so much. But um, the weeks in particular, like to me has like just the right pace of stuff to explore throughout the week, you know, mm-hmm. when I starting to feel a little bit blah, oh, what's this quote, I never looked at this yet and translate it <laughs> yeah. and it's fun. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, another thing is speaking of fun, um, another uh, perk that why being a fan is good for your research has dug up is that fans are happier in general. And again, I'll, I'll put the link to this, uh, to these articles in the show notes, but they talk about how they're happier because of community, which we've already kind of discussed, but also um, because of just the dopamine hit that you get from um, connecting with the object, from interacting with the object and like, you know, using it to improve your life. And, and also, as you mentioned uh, in September, even before September, like when they show the, what are they, what's it called when they release the lineup or yeah, they released the lineup or, you know, like on Instagram, they have all their, first of all, they have all their uh, different accounts. I think there's three of them yes. and they'll release a, a one photo over on one account yes. and another yes. photo on another <laughs> account. And it's, it really just freaks out. It's so fun. You I really love obsess, it. You get to obsess about it for like a whole yeah. month before you get to order it. In September, um, I was on vacation when, when the, you know, order day hit and I was like, Oh, I was prepared. I was like, okay, on this day of my vacation, I'm going to be in the house with the internet. I've got my order list. And everybody was like, what are you doing? You're on vacation. I was like, no, you don't understand. Today's the day. This is fun. (laughs) This is fun. Yeah. I can just stare at my computer. It's great. So, yeah. So, I mean, the happiness factor is, um, you know, having something to outside of yourself to, uh, to bring you to other people and discuss, I think is really cool. And then the third one, and I think this one is probably the most interesting one to me, Margot, is that um, fans are uh, better critical thinkers, according to this article. Um, I'm going to read you Interesting. the quote. Yeah, here's a quote that explains a little bit about that. Fans become textually productive in the reception practices, which is a bit uh, academic, but um, also they explain that and say they analyze and then involve themselves in the situation. They role play scenarios and gain empathy. Well, this is my interpretation. Uh, You know, they were talking a lot about like Star Trek fans and, uh, you know, vampire book fans and things like that. And you know how people will role play scenarios or they'll do um, uh, cosplay and fan fiction and stuff. And, And there's in a way that's meant to like help help gain empathy for other ways of thinking. Um, but also, uh, Oh, wow. Also through that communal feedback, they are in a way improving. This is the thing that blew my mind, improving the product, like calling out things that are maybe problematic about it and kind of like giving group feedback and kind of like creating this like 
utopic version of their ideal you know like this is what we really believe uh it should be like or what this character should be like and i'm trying to think of how that ties in with like a hobonichi fandom because i do know oh they, i can can you okay tell me what you're <laughs> you I have some what happened last year <laughs> well tell me remember the product they pulled from the line last year before oh, the i don't the line remember dropped? no what happens remind remember. me okay um i didn't know we were gonna talk about this but um when they were doing that you know, leading up to the drop and they, they're releasing the little glimpses. If you mm-hmm. recall, uh, and I'm sure you do, you'll, re- you'll remember, they um, teased that one of the, one of the kind of motifs that they were going to do was for Michael Jackson. Do you oh, remember that? I, was that last year or was that two I years ago? I think it ago? was. Oh, maybe it was two years ago. I think yeah. it was last year though. Really? Okay. I, I, feel, I, I, I might be wrong. Vague... It's, you know, this, this yeah. time that we're living in right now is very squishy in terms yeah. of years. Yeah, that's true. Times but, have, um, time is weird. Yeah. But there was immediate um, outcry and people being, people being very respectful about it and saying, uh-huh. you know, this might not mean, you know, outside you know, in other, you know, here it meet where I live. It means it's, it has some connotations that mm-hmm. maybe we want to mm-hmm. just rethink. And, and I really, that it really impressed me that people were, because we love the brand, right? So yeah. there was, it, it, it didn't take that long, I think. And, and they, um, and then they released again, a very respectful statement saying, you know, we're going to give this a rethink and just kind of basically like, we're going to just kind of put this on the back burner okay. while we take it, look at this more closely, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm remembering how this worked out, then when the line came out, it was not in the line, I believe is uh-huh. what happened. If I, if I remember, um, but yeah, exactly that because because people love it and so yeah. and they care um, about it uh, about they care representing about it. them and their mm-hmm. values which is so perfect because the the last line of the quote that i was going to read is that fans have also been known to improve the thing they love by giving communal feedback on problematic aspects of it and affecting social social change and if you think about it that was a very small effect of social change this isn't cool. We're not going to like idolize this person who is accused of heinous crimes, you know? So, wow, that's amazing. I know. And, and it's, and it was, it was interesting because you do from time to time, you see in the fandom, <laughs> as we'll call it that in the fandom that, you know, people, some people, some people don't like that. It's a Monday start. Some people don't like the quotes. Some people don't like the little lunar faces. You know, there are all certain, certain things in it that not everybody is going to love, but, um, but it's not, it, in this case, it wasn't that it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, it was, it was definitely, yeah, it wasn't a design. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, and it was, yeah, it was, I, I really was kind of impressed kind of observing how that was all going on. I don't remember. I think I did leave a message about it, but anyway, I, that was just, I thought that was really cool. And I, I was glad that they, that they listened to that. That was really, yeah. that was really awesome. That's a great example. So uh, another question I have that we can contemplate is what do fans do? What do Hobonichi fans do specifically? Like, obviously we collect Hobonichis <laughs> and we scribble in them. I think we obsess and trade knowledge on them, resources. And layouts. I mean, even just like the nitty gritty of like, this is how I, like, for instance, I, um, I, as 
you said in the intro, I use it for everything because I work mm -hmm. from home. And so mm -hmm. I really, when I used to work a nine to five in an office in a cubicle, I had, that's when I used the A6. So I had the A6 for my personal life. And then I had a different, like big, huge, uh, not an Aaron Condren, but like a massive thing like that. That was mm -hmm. my work planner. I, I always am looking for new layout ideas. That's another thing is like, I I just never get sick of this thing. I don't, maybe one day I will but I haven't done it yet, but I do love seeing how other people, you know, use those little boxes and the little line guides and how they use it to, what are the things that they're, you know, I, I like to see if someone is only using it as a family planner or only using it as a work planner or only using it for, you know, I don't know, Bible study or whatever they're using it for. But, but, it, and again, I, I really like too, that everybody seems very respectful. I've never seen anybody go, that's, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there's like minimalist planners. I'm so fascinated by that. I'm oh, like, whoa. Yeah. And then there's people. That's not me, but that's every, really cool. Every little dot space that you could possibly use is just crammed with stuff. And you're like, whoa, you know, I mean, like, where's just, the paper? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. Yeah. You're right. People are very respectful of each other's styles and very supportive of it. And that's another, that's another good thing about being a part of a community is like the encouragement that you get. Well, you, you've been podcasting for a long time, eight years, right? Oh that's, yeah. At least. Yeah. At least. Okay. Um, by the mm. way, I have been podcasting since the beginning of podcasting on and off, not consistently. Oh, wow. Yeah. We started podcasting there like year it started and I was like, so into it for a while. <laughs> but anyway, you've been doing it continually, which I think is really impressive sign of your commitment and your organizational skills. And you said you've been using Hobonichi for about three years going on your fourth year. Yes. What did you do before Hobonichi? to stay together and organized and plan? Oh, that's a very good question. You know what, in terms of my podcast that I do with my friend, so I live in San Diego, um, my co-host for the book versus movie podcast, which we have been doing now for eight years. She, she lives in Brooklyn and she's also named Margot. And <laughs> I have to say, I did not keep it very organized. We were very fly by the seat of our pants for at least, at least four years. <laughs> Okay. Because <laughs> it, it was something that we started just for each other as a way to kind of check in. And it was just like a book club between the two of us. And at the time we were, for most of our run until the pandemic, we would do a new episode every two weeks, which is a very leisurely pace to read, you know, uh, the firm or mm -hmm. <laughs> Jaws or whatever. Yeah. But when the pandemic happened, we decided to do a brand new episode every single week. And that does require more planning. So you have to, I mean, that means I really do have to kind of think about when am I going to read this book? And mm -hmm. also when are we going to record? So since I've been using the Hobonichi has kind of dovetailed with us doing more and in a more structured way. And in the meantime, our, our listener base has grown and yeah, it's been a humongous help if nothing else. And this is something I'm always slightly obsessed with is what do people use their 100 list for? <laughs> yes. So I use my 100 list to list all the books I've read in yes. a year cool. and um, particularly the books that I'm finding mine that I've had so far, um, particularly the books that I read for the podcast. Cause people, because I have this podcast, people are always asking me and Margo, uh, to recommend books. So that's 52 um, of your hundred right there. <laughs> uh -huh. In the pages part of the, you know, in the back of the Hobonichi, I usually will jot down the title of the book, just a quick impression, no good female characters, one star, uh, <laughs> or, or, you know, loved it five stars. So, and, but then I list them just for quick reference in the 100. See the ones that are four stars and above, those are the highlighted ones. 
so that if somebody asks me to recommend a book, I can very quickly look at my 100 list and I'm only looking at the good things that Uh I actually do want to recommend. But I also want to keep track of, of the mediocre and not so good things. Um, so that's what because, I use my 100 because for. you want to get credit for reading them. <laughs> and, yeah, that's you. And, you know, and of course it feels really cool to watch that list get longer and longer. <laughs> right, right, right. That's so cool. I love that. Um, I think I would be ashamed to do that because I don't think I read a hundred books a year. So I use Goodreads because you can just be like, Oh, my goal is 20, you know, and then you don't feel yeah. bad if you hit that goal. But I think, I think too, like when I started it, I started it two years ago, I think. Um, again, yeah, during the pandemic. So um, I didn't, I started it like well into the year when I thought mm-hmm. like, I, I should write these down. Why don't I ever write these down? I don't ever feel like, oh, I didn't read so many, you know, I just go like, wow, look at that. I read 40 books or, you know, last yeah. year okay. I was aiming for a hundred, I hit 70. So I, I, I look at it more as a way of kind of measuring than a target that I'm trying to hit. That's another thing that I did last year was my hundred list changed like four times and what it was. <laughs> It just kind of morphed (laughs) and it probably will morph this year because again, I was, uh, this was a different vacation. I was on a different vacation and I was in Florida visiting family and I was just seeing beautiful new animals every day, like a heron, a blue heron, uh, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm going to use the hundred list to write down all the animals I see this year, which is probably the silliest hundred list that's ever existed. And, you know, I think that's so cool, (laughs) but it was fun. I just, I love to see what people decide to jot down in because it's such a quick little, uh-huh. you know, place to just throw something in there. You know, it could be, it could be, I don't know, a new commercial I saw. I mean, just anything that they're tracking. Uh, but I think that's a really cool one. Yeah, that is a cool one. But I know that I probably won't see a bunch more exotic animals in Chicago this year. So it'll be like, I saw the dog again. So I, you know, like I'm only going to write dog once. Yeah, but, but what's exotic, you know? Yeah, that's true could be exotic dogs but I also you know I review uh theater and circus a lot in my work so I think that might you gave me an idea with your book thing I usually keep track of it elsewhere but that would be a perfect place to write down the the shows I see and the dates I see them and stuff so that's a good memory right there to go back and see all the shows you've seen in one year is there any other fan-based topic that you find interesting about Hobonichi anything quirky about fans the covers Mm, people get because I am not into the covers myself I I usually you know I I am a plain cover on cover if anything Mm -hmm. last year I carried the um which I loved I carried the Shantan arrival one which was so gorgeous and I for most of the year I didn't even have a cover on that at all Mm -hmm. not even a clear one um just because I loved it so much but people really go nuts for the covers. Uh-huh. They're beautiful, but yeah. I would never use them. But I just, I am fascinated to hear people talk about them and what are they putting in them and how are mm-hmm. they using them? Is it your wallet? Is it not your wallet? Yeah. Uh, what are you using those pockets for? And, um, and, and I will say this, that I've never seen like the people who love the covers. It's a whole other level. Because one, they're very, they're very costly. Like one cover yes. is as much as three planners, you um, <laughs> but they love these covers. Yeah. They just really, really are gaga for these covers. And they, it is just like an extra layer of enjoyment of the whole Hobonichi experience for them that I just don't, don't 
get, but I love watching. <laughs> you are so right about that. I feel like that must be their true bread and butter at Hobonichi is those covers. You know, they get designers to design them and they tie-ins and all this amazing stuff and people. It's like how just, uh, 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 Philofax yeah. was like that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like way, people's way to feel like they're personalizing it or something. I also feel like I have held back from being too exotic with the covers. And I think it's like you said, because of the cost. And like, if I did it one year, I wouldn't want to, I would probably be like, well, how many years will that cover? I have a little bit of that in me. How many years will this cover hold up? You know, <laughs> um, but also I like, um, I get the plastic cover, not the cover. I get a cover on cover um, from Salty Kate. Um, she makes really thick, sturdy ones. And I yeah. love the way it looks just Those to look see. Really nice. I haven't through. tried them yet. Yeah. And I, I like, I like just having it be like a book, you know, and I did try a zippered cover that was meant for like Jibun Tetsu one year. And I really loved it. Um, but it wasn't like spacious enough. It just barely fit in there. And I really, I always find that the covers that I want from Hobonichi and that I would actually spill the money for are always the ones that are only available in Japan. And I'm like, same, <laughs> Why? same. Why can't yeah. I get it? Is it because it's better? And they, you know, like, they're like, well, we can't make enough of these because they're so expensive or they're such high quality oh, maybe. materials. I don't think so because I, they're usually not as fancy as some of the. Yeah. And yet, you know, listen, it's your company. I don't blame you. If you want to, you want to keep it in Japan, amount. that's mm-hmm. okay. But, um, but yes, invariably I'll see the photo and I'll be, that's the one, this is the year I'm like, going to buy a cover. <laughs> and I look and I can't buy it. So I have heard people say that there is like a, a Japanese Amazon that you can use if you're from outside uh-huh. of. Oh yeah. I order from yeah. Japanese Amazon. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and that, so you could do that, but it's probably even more expensive, right? No, actually it's very reasonable. I think I bought, I bought like the pencil board mm-hmm. or, you know, when you just need to buy one little thing, little two little things, mm-hmm. the, um, the stencil, mm-hmm. uh, things like that, uh, after, as an afterthought, like, oh, I forgot to order the, the pencil mm-hmm. board. Um, no, it's actually extremely reasonable, I find. The prices mm-hmm. are very good. Um, I've gotten other not, like, you know what I got from uh, Amazon Japan that I love? Face masks. Oh. And yeah, like the the Korean made face masks okay. for a really great price. You have to wait a while, but it's, yeah. guess what? We're still using them. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I, th- I I actually, yeah, it's, um, and Amazon, if, if for those of you who are not in the US, and I can't remember if this is true for Japan, but, but Amazon and other countries, uh, different countries outside of the US have different, uh, I, as you mentioned before, I work for the labor movement. So the different Amazon uh, entities internationally have different labor practices mm-hmm. than in the US and sometimes better ones. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. So but, if you don't feel like you feel good about sending a billionaire into space, but he still gets the money, doesn't he? I mean, it's still, he does. yeah. Okay. So what can we do though? If we, that's the main shipping thing, they've sort of gotten rid of all the competition. So I think most people have no choice now, you know? Yeah. And, and actually you bring up another really good point, which is I, I mentioned just a, a moment ago that I have, um, I've used Japanese. My father was also a designer and he was a Japanophile since he was a kid, long story, but I'm Mexican-American, by the way, for those who are listening. And living in California, you know, I've always 
had the fortune of living. And even when I lived on the East Coast, I've always lived in places where we had a Japanese immigrant community who had stores. And, you know, so I've always, most of my life, I've been able to get my hands on these things Mm -hmm. locally, which is awesome. But I can't get a Hobonichi. I have no place remotely live close to where I live, where I could order this planner. I can get pens. I can get all kinds of cute, like Midori letter writing kids yeah, why awesome why why don't they i don't know because there are a couple no stationary idea. stores in the u.s that do supply jet pens sells them mm-hmm. um, and jet and, pens is in california so i i do order yeah. from them too yeah i don't know if they have a storefront but they uh, and then there's another one from texas i can't remember the name of the stationer from texas that does sell hobonichi products mm-hmm. um and i believe they might have a storefront there is one and in- there's one in portland i think that sells right Mm. Yeah. I in Chicago we do have a couple of really good stationers. The number one one is Atlas Stationers, but they don't have Hobonichi. Mm. And I've been meaning to like go in there and be like, you should get Hobonichi. <laughs> so yeah. So it's hard to it's uh, unfortunately I that's the only my only little pang every year when I order it is that I do have to order it either from Hobonichi or from Jet Japan's I feel pretty like I said, they're in California, so I don't feel mm-hmm. so rough about ordering from them. Um but yeah, I wish, I wish we had a store. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, even if they marked it up a bit, I would go. It'd be fun to go, go like them. manhandle yeah. all the options. Yeah. I think that we oh. should probably go to Tokyo yeah. on a trip and check it out. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> that's another video experience that I love is when they, when they release them in Japan and the people uh-huh. go to the Hobonichi in Japan and are oh touring that. I mean, I the just store. can't What's not watch. Called? Like, it's sort of like. It's like the life store or something like that. It's yeah, um but it's sort of like loft or something. No, yeah, no, it's it sort like of a, sounds like Hobonichi, but it's a slightly different. Oh, I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of it. But yeah, that would be so much fun to go there. Um, I think it would be so hard to restrain yourself with all the options right I would buy everything. Yeah, it would be like <laughs> biggest fan coming through. Um, but I also find it so fascinating when you see that people walking through that store um i mean not on their website they'll do like the release days and you can see all their products but when you see people going to that store they sell a lot of other stuff it's just like one side of the store you know they're like and here's our aprons and here's our lunch boxes and you're like why are you selling other stuff like is that that necessary who needs that but i think that's also a big part of their brand i just find it so fascinating that they can have you know all these this lifestyle kind of store and then on top of that have this very niche thing that is so huge I and I didn't know the origin of it until I heard it on your show I always wondered like where did this thing even come from why do yeah it's Mm -hmm. so it's such a um, serendipitous kind of a journey that you know to to where it is now it's really unexpected yeah I mean just the fact that it kind of evolved from an editor a person who was just like okay, I like to write and think thoughts and put them down on paper. Should we do this? And everybody's like, yay. And and now it's grown to this. It's so interesting. And then I think about all the other competitors and we're going to have an episode on the competitor um, brands. And I think there are some really good contenders, you know, out there. Um, I'm so tempted to like buy them all just so I can see if I'm really truly, if I'm, if Hobonichi is, I mean, if I've tried Jibun Tetra before, I've never tried the Midori. What's that? Oh, I used the Midori for a while. I liked it. I liked it okay. Mm-hmm. I used it for for a significant amount of time, but I used the passport size. I didn't use the 
the full size. Um, but um, Walmart. Mm-hmm. Walmart has, have you tried the Exceed line from Walmart? Mm-mm. Speaking of billionaires. Um, so they have this line of notebooks. I have one on my nightstand over there called Exceed, mm-hmm. which is a, a knockoff of a Leuchtturm. Okay. And it's, I think it's under $10. Mm-hmm. I use it just for like my um, morning pages. I do morning pages. So, you know, I usually frankly just throw them away when I finish <laughs> them. There's, there's rarely anything worth saving. Um, I just kind of, you know, as an exercise blitz through them in the morning. Um, but they have a weeks like planner no that they put out as really? part of the series. The only thing about it, and it's not bad, is that it is undated. Uh, and I always think like, oh man, if this thing were dated, I mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a completely different kind of paper. You know, it's more like a Leuchtturm kind of a paper. Yeah, it's got the little pocket in the paper. back, like yeah. um, like a like a moleskin or a Leuchtturm will have. It's a little slightly bigger than a Hobonichi. The month is all on a single page. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting, mm-hmm. if someone is into that kind of system of, of planning, and I think mm-hmm. it's a Sunday start. I do really like the Monday start. I have to Me say, too. I, because I that's really enjoy really a Monday start. Week, that's when your week really starts, right? you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I find, I feel more like I, I, I noticed when I switched to the, it was when I started using, it must've been when I started using Midori because it's a Midori a Monday start as well. Um, no, I never used it. I know for sure by the time I started using the A6 Hobonichi that I noticed that having the Monday start in my planner, I felt I didn't get that like Sunday feeling blue, like mm-hmm. oh, school's tomorrow, like you get when you're a kid. <laughs> I felt more like I can really enjoy my weekend. I have a whole weekend to, yeah. ahead of me or you're like, wow, I really enjoyed this weekend. Looking forward to starting something about, I just find something That's so glum about our Sunday start that we have mm-hmm. in the U.S. Why are we ruining Sunday? Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, it's, it's so random how we divide time up and I do tend to use Sunday as my, well, I have historically used Sunday as my day to kind of like reset my planner and like plan out the week and set it up for the Me next, too. but it's still kind of like Sunday and it's on that week. It's still the end of your week. It's not the beginning of your week. And you can think of it like that. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good point. I wanted to talk about Reddit. If you ever visit Reddit, I highly I recommend. I don't, and now I'm very excited too. <laughs> oh yeah, you should check it out. They, I mean, like I've said before, Reddit is very specific. I think it suits fans very well. I know that there are groups on Facebook and especially Hobonichi groups on Facebook, but Reddit has sort of like niches, you know, and they they kind of fill that. And there is an R Hobonichi page. I recommend you visit it if you really want to get down to earth advice from people. It's very accessible, very knowledgeable people. It's not as flashy and visual as like Instagram or YouTube. You know, it's not, it's not as many people trying to show you the best of the best, but just like, I'm trying to figure out this problem or how can I find this and people helping each other with that. But anyway, I mentioned this group because DB splits actually posted a a note about how they live in Tokyo. I'll read it to you. And this is very appropriate for next week is pride month in June. And they say, Hobonichi daily quote for LGBT pride weekend. I just wanted to share with you all something cool. I realized I live in Tokyo and this weekend was the Tokyo rainbow pride festival, which I attended with some friends at night was when I was journaling in my techo. I realized the quote on Saturday's page 
which I don't often read, but this time caught my eye, was LGBT themed. I can't translate it exactly, but it's something about how when my same-sex boyfriend moved into my place, my place became like his place, and I came to believe from the bottom of my heart that sharing a space with someone is happiness. So they they must have selected the quote for that day to celebrate Pride Weekend. This is my original A6. That's so A6. beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then, and then he says he looked up the quote from an LGBT book the Hobonichi Company published, and it's maybe a series of books, and he provides the link, which I will also put in the show notes, which I think is interesting because yeah, I mean, of course, it just totally tracks with them. Like, why wouldn't they also have a series of LGBT books? Because they just do everything, right? Oh, we we do video games and we yeah, because that's what a lot. I, that's what life. You know, what other parts of life can we have? And I just or like the remember the ones with the did they do the frog one this year? I don't remember seeing the froggy one this year. They had the one with the, like a little stuffed frog. Remember like very a couple of years ago. Yeah. I yeah. And then right they now. have some that are very businessy, very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know what we didn't talk about was me laundering my Hobonichi the other day. Yes, please do share oh. that story. Oh, oh, please. This is a tragic Maybe somebody story. can Brace learn. Yourself. Yes. And, and you know, in my many, many, many years of keeping a paper planner, I have never I've never misplaced my planner. I've never, you know. And the other day I accidentally ran my Hobonichi weeks through the washing machine. That's so sad. It is not usable. <laughs> Look at that. That's a, that was it, a photo. That was not your weeks. That's your cousin, right? Is that a weeks? No, no, this is so, a weeks. It looks this so is big a weeks when mega. You hold it up. Oh. It's because the camera's so close. Oh, yeah, you put yeah, next yeah. to my head. It's I little. see. Yeah, totally. um, <laughs> oh. And so uh, I was yeah. telling, I was telling Kim that one of the things I love about, of course, we all love the, uh, most of us love the paper. Um, I love also fountain pens. I'm a big fountain pen enthusiast as well. And so I loved journaling in the back of my Hobonichi with my fountain pens. I don't use it for scheduling. Um, I use a friction pen. I use a, a multi-color friction pen. I use different colors, one for work, one for personal, one for uh, family. Anyway, the, the friction pen, if you're wondering, what survived? The Anything I wrote in friction pen, still there. Anything I wrote in zebra sarasa, still there. Anything I wrote in fountain pen, utterly destroyed. In other words, all of my memories. (laughs) It's so odd to me. I'm holding a friction pen right here and it has an eraser uh on it and that survived. So it's erasable ink and it survived. It did. It did. I don't know if if people say that if you leave it in a hot car, it will vanish. I have yet to experience that. I, I have. I have to say I've often left my planner with in all friction car. stuff. It's never <laughs> yeah. happened. Huh. Um, but yeah, no, it really, it, you, it's perfectly legible. Um, but my beautiful diamine fountain pen musings, <laughs> gone. It is, gone. it is terrifying to think of that. Yeah. And that is true. I think of all fountain pen writing. And I often think about that when I'm writing with a fountain pen, like if you spill your coffee, boom, it's ruined, you know? So at least this page soluble. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But uh-huh. it is so beautiful. And it's such a smooth, cool writing experience to flow. It is. And- yeah. I'm rethinking. I keep saving the fountain pens for like my note taking for work. And so far in my new Hobonichi. So of course I had to have one overnighted to me. In my new Hobonichi, I have not touched it with a fountain pen. 
and I I probably won't. I think yeah. I won't. I've um, been really enjoying yeah. the jet stream that came with it this year. And then I ordered a few extra ones. I've never used ones. the jet stream. I, you know, I guess, cause I'm so, I don't know what am I afraid of crossing something out, but I am, I, I would so much rather erase it with my friction pen. I get that. Um, I think one of the reasons why I like the the jet stream one is because you like how how thin does the friction go? Oh five, yeah. I guess oh three eight, I think. Oh really? Okay, yeah. I guess that's about the same. I just re- need a very narrow and very. I also like a very dark, and I feel like um, friction doesn't quite come up as dark as um, the jet stream. You know, you don't get a pure, a strong black line. It's a little bit faded. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But but to each their own, right? I mean, we all get obsessed about pens when we're, um, when we're playing in our Hobonichis because it helps you take the best advantage of the space based on what you're trying to accomplish with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, well, I think we have discussed it all. Do you feel like we covered all the fan topics? We've <laughs> so talked about pens, talked about the covers, about paper, the covers, <laughs> the, the obsession about buying it when it's released. And I know. if we forgot anything, please text us and let us know or send us a dm and we can talk about it another time <laughs> before we go though i just want to say uh this is a, something i didn't talk to you about margot but um speaking of fans if you're a fan of this podcast i highly encourage you to visit our patreon patreon page where you can become a subscriber and get our first tier of perks which is a set of book plates perfect for your hobonichi planners and books this book plate was designed by brian bedell at midwest ephemera and is a classic ex libra style design with some contemporary flourishes i'm really excited about it it's our first like special product oh cool i'll sign yeah. up for that yeah it's cool thank you that'd be great and then you know i was gonna just say i'd send you some for being a guest but sure sign up <laughs> i shall <laughs> okay and um th- i want to thank you so much marco for being a guest on the show it's been so great talking to you i think you're the perfect hobonichi fan and um i hope you stay in touch and we can follow each other and all of our crazy hobonichi adventures oh thank you so much for having me it was so much fun thank you ink and paper most people don't think about printing much let alone get excited about it but look around you and you'll see ink and paper everywhere even among your most treasured belongings at midwest ephemera our small letterpress shop in chicago we think about ink and paper all day every day We'd love to work with you to create hand-printed invitations and stationery that you'll get excited about. Visit us at midwestephemera.com.